Hi everyone, welcome to Got The Boot, the show where we take an in-depth look at some of the football managers who didn't quite make the cut and were thrown back onto the managerial merry-go-round. This time we're focusing on a man who's become one of the game's best-known pundits. During his time as a manager, he took on one of the biggest jobs of them all, only to leave with a ton of regrets. When I was a player, there was only one club to play for. And when someone comes to me and says, well, I'd rather be somewhere else, that was it, it was black and white, it was finished, let's go. Let's get them out the door as quickly as possible. That was a big mistake I made. A new Premier League season is upon us, and for the first time since 1990, Liverpool go into the campaign as defending champions. Back when Graham Souness was playing for the Reds in the 70s and 80s, winning the league was quite common. So when Kenny Dalglish shockingly announced his resignation in February of 1991, hiring another club legend seemed like the sensible choice. Souness had some very successful years in charge of Rangers, winning three league titles and four league cups. He had a resume that suggested he could cope with the pressure in the Anfield dugout. By the time he was appointed in April of that year, Liverpool had come second to Arsenal in the league. It wasn't ideal, but nobody in their right mind thought it would be the start of a 30-year wait. For Souness, he has the unfortunate honour of being the boss where the decline started. The summer of 1991 saw a major reorganisation of the squad. Dean Saunders arrived for an at the time English record of £2.9 million. Defenders Mark Wright and Rob Jones also joined the Reds along with midfielder Mark Walters. The most notable departure was Peter Beardsley, who crossed Stanley Park to join Everton. It wasn't just a team that Graham Souness was trying to change though. As he explained on Monday Night Football in 2018, he was trying to change the culture of the whole club. The one thing I learnt when I went to Italy, it wasn't, there was no real change in how the game should be played, but certainly how players look after themselves. I mean, I was, I was certainly one of the chaps when, you know, it came to enjoying themselves. And um, when I go to Liverpool and say, look, I don't want us eating fish and chips after the, after the game. I don't want us having cases of lager under the bus so we drink it on the way back. And the, the response you would get was, well, we always done that. And it was very hard for me to argue that point because I'd been part of that culture. Souness wasn't afraid of giving a chance to young players either. He gave a regular place in the team to 19-year-old midfielder Steve McManaman. And later in the campaign, a professional contract to an upcoming striker named Robbie Fowler. Let this serve as a reminder that whilst Liverpool didn't win much during the 90s, that doesn't mean their team was totally rubbish or out in the wilderness, like some make out. So let's have a look at how Souness got on in what ultimately turned out to be two and a half seasons in charge of the Reds. It was certainly eventful. The 1991-92 season was all a bit stop-start for Liverpool and Graham Souness. One step forward would be followed by two steps back. Star player John Barnes was sidelined for most of the campaign. His injury problems had caused Souness problems for the entirety of his reign. In the league, they finished sixth, the first time they'd finished outside the top two since 1981. And in that year, they won the European Cup. In the Cups, things were not going much better. A shock 1-0 loss to Peterborough ended their participation in the League Cup. In their first European campaign since 1985, they got to the quarter-finals of the UEFA Cup, then lost 4-1 on aggregate to Genoa. 
They were making life difficult for themselves in the FA Cup too. Replays were needed to get past lower league opposition twice in the run to the semi-finals. Helping them on their way was recently signed midfielder Michael Thomas, the man who'd broke Anfield hearts in 1989, scoring in the last minute for Arsenal to snatch the title away from Liverpool. But Thomas charging through the midfield! Thomas, it's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! Saying all was forgiven when Thomas scored the winner for Liverpool in an FA Cup quarter-final against Aston Villa would be a bit strong, but it certainly kept the season alive ahead of a last-four showdown with second division Portsmouth. The match was drawn one all after extra time, and in those days that didn't mean penalties. A replay would be required instead. Straight after the game, Graham Souness fell ill and was rushed to hospital for an emergency triple heart bypass operation. Thankfully, the surgery was a success, but this led to what he admits was the biggest mistake he made whilst manager. Eight days after the first match, on Monday the 13th of April, Liverpool took on Portsmouth again in a semi-final replay at Villa Park. Legendary coach Ronnie Moran took charge of the Reds, while Souness was recovering in hospital. Whilst there, he agreed to do an interview with the Sun newspaper about his successful surgery, and he would also pose for a photo with his girlfriend if Liverpool won the semi-final. The story would run the next day, on the 14th of April. A Liverpool manager doing an exclusive interview with the Sun was already not a good idea, following the newspaper's reporting of the Hillsborough disaster just a few years earlier. What happened next would make the situation ten times worse. Liverpool won the semi-final, but needed a penalty shootout to do it. The late night finish meant the paper had to go to print before getting the result, so the exclusive with Souness was pushed back a day. The story ran on the 15th of April, the anniversary of Hillsborough itself. The fans were furious and Souness had to apologise soon after. He's admitted since he probably should have resigned there and then. He didn't mention the incident directly on Monday Night Football a couple of years ago, but it was clear what his biggest regret was. Liverpool will always be a very, very special place for me. And um, obviously there's other things happened there when I was manager, which I deeply regret, but I can't turn the clock back. And how I wish I could, but I can't. And it hurts me badly that I'm perceived by some people to be something I'm not. Against the advice of his doctors, Souness attended the FA Cup final against Sunderland. Thomas through the middle again. Michael Thomas, fresh, 2-0 Liverpool. Liverpool win the FA Cup for the fifth time and in their centenary year as well. A 2-0 win secured some silverware in the first season that still felt well under par. Hope remained that normal proceedings would resume in the next season. It was the first year for the brand new Premier League, plus Ian Rush and John Barnes were back to full fitness. Off the field issues though were about to cause big problems. We spoke earlier about Souness's attempt to change the culture at the club, make it more professional if you like. According to him, someone who didn't like what he was doing was Phil Thompson, a former LFC captain and at the time manager of the reserves. Now what I'm going to tell you next has different versions of events, so I'm going to give you a flavour of both. There was already a bit of needle between the pair after Souness replaced Thompson as captain just over a decade earlier. Now back together on the coaching staff, the first team boss needed to keep a closer eye on the reserves because of that ever-growing injury list. 
According to Thompson, Souness told him he saw him as his new Ronnie Moran, i.e. very strict and sort of the enforcer for the team. However, in Souness's autobiography, he wrote that he felt the reserves were being treated a bit too harshly. Phil's cursing and swearing could be heard by everyone within earshot, he wrote. He asked Thompson to tone down his comments and thought that was the end of it, but there was more problems to come. An argument broke out between Thompson and Steve Highway, who led the club's youth system. For anyone who doesn't know much about Liverpool, Steve Highway is probably one of the most respected figures to ever represent the club. He helped kickstart the careers of Steven Gerrard, Jamie Carragher and others. In a nutshell, his opinion matters. Word had got around that some of Liverpool's young players didn't want to step up to the reserves because they were absolutely terrified of Phil Thompson, hence the blazing row. Souness stepped in and everything seemingly was sorted out. Then the boss went off for his heart operation, leaving Ronnie Moran in charge and Roy Evans as assistant. Thompson allegedly used the opportunity to promote himself while Souness was away, being the loudest voice in the dressing room before games. On the penultimate weekend of the 91-92 season, Liverpool beat Manchester United at Anfield. It was here that Souness claims Thompson criticised him in front of United's assistant boss, Brian Kidd. It's not really clear if Thompson was directly talking to Kidd, whether they were just both in the room, or if anything like this ever happened at all, plus there's conflicting accounts of what was alleged to be said. In any case, what followed, what can only be described as football's own version of Chinese whispers, as Brian Kidd told Alex Ferguson, who went on to tell Rangers boss Walter Smith, who then drove all the way from Glasgow to Liverpool to tell Graham Souness. If only social media was a thing back then. This proved to be the final straw, and Thompson was sacked not long after the FA Cup final. The pair have barely spoken since. For a club that had been built on unity for so long, Phil Thompson's departure confirmed what everyone was starting to think. The Liverpool empire was crumbling. If the first season wasn't great, well the next one was a whole lot worse. The Reds lost their first ever Premier League game 1-0 to Nottingham Forest. A few weeks later Dean Saunders was sold to Aston Villa and in came Paul Stewart. He scored one league goal all season. There wasn't much to shout about to be honest, they were almost embarrassed by 3rd Division Chesterfield in the League Cup, drawing 4 all at Anfield before getting through in a replay. They only made the 4th round of that competition, the 2nd round of the Cup Winners' Cup and the defence of the FA Cup didn't get past the 3rd round. By March they were 15th in the league table, only three points off the relegation zone. The Reds did recover and finished sixth in the end, but had lost 15 games that season. When you think of the current Liverpool team's win-loss record, that's absolutely staggering. These days you could quite easily see a manager sacked for such a poor season at such a big club, but Graham Souness was spared the chop. He would have one last throw of the dice. New players were brought in to try and stop the rot. Nigel Cluffs and Julian Dix arrived along with Neil Razor Ruddock. This season also saw the debut of Robbie Fowler, so not everything was bad I guess. The 93-94 campaign started well enough. Four wins out of five put them into second place in the early league standings. The optimism didn't last long though, and four straight defeats put Graham Souness under immense pressure. He managed to survive until January, even with a horrific run of eight wins in 21 league games. In the end, it was a giant killing that put pay to his time in charge. Inside the penalty area, surely the shot comes in! Oh, and it's I don't know about you, but I can't really figure out what that man is saying. The best thing about this guy, though, is what he was talking about after the final whistle blew. Bask in a famous victory, you might think? 
Well, not exactly. Now, we'll announce details as soon as we can about Saturday's action from Edsley Park. I know that Colston Hall has something else on, but we'll endeavour to bring you live coverage because Stockport are only giving us 1,700 tickets. Watch the press, ring the club call. You've enjoyed a great night. Boos rang around Anfield at full time and Graham Souness was a goner. I am extremely sorry to have to announce that Graham Souness has offered his resignation from the post of team manager. The results in the league and the domestic European Cup competitions have been well below what is expected by the club and the supporters. Looking back, Souness had a thankless task on his hands, but to his own admission, he made a lot of mistakes. We head back to Monday Night Football now, where he spoke about taking on contract negotiations as well as coaching duties. One of the biggest mistakes I made, Peter Robinson paid me an enormous... He, he ran the show, he was a, the chief exec, secretary, but really chief exec, made all the decisions. He said to me, do you want to do the contracts? Now, I'd done the contracts at Rangers. Um, so I said, yeah, I'll do those. And that was a, a monster mistake, because I can remember one incident. We signed Dean Saunders, Mark Wright, and they had gone on to whatever they're earning, slightly more than what Rushy and Ronnie Whelan. And I remember a Rushy knocking on the door and said, you're going to have to give me more money. And, and I said, well, I understand what you're saying. That. I said, but, you know, the money's just sneaking up and sneaking up. They've come on big transfer fees. That's where they get more money than you. He said, but everything I've done for this club... Now, that might have been a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I'm, I'm having to say to Rushy, well, that's the way it is. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. That's the way it is. And then on a Saturday, I put my arm around him at quarter to three and say, no, make sure you give me everything now. Mm. So that, that, was a, that was an obvious mistake I made mm. in agreeing to do that. After reading and watching quite a lot of material on Souness's time in charge, I just get the impression Anfield was not a happy place to be for anyone involved. On the recent 30 Years of Hurt documentary on the BBC, John Barnes spoke about how the atmosphere deteriorated over time. What struck me was, yes, OK, we're losing games, and from a winning mentality point of view, but more importantly, things that were happening in training. And that was a problem at Liverpool, the way we were preparing Monday to Friday. And in many respects, to be fair to Graham, a lot of it then became... Um, if we lost, who's going to get the blame? It wasn't a, a nice atmosphere towards the end. It was a very conflicting and confrontational atmosphere. Sadly, as Souness himself has said, he can't turn the clock back, and his time as Liverpool manager isn't remembered fondly. Fortunately, unlike some managers we've featured on this podcast, his time as the boss at Anfield is a hiccup in a glittering career. Ironically, the current Liverpool team might have done just fine under Graham Souness. His description of them on Sky Sports after they secured the title in June was powerful, and left no doubt his love for the club. They've been fabulous, this team. You know, it's not just about this... This season, Dave, if you go back two years, you know, they were in the Champions League final, lost to Madrid, came back the following year and won it, missed out in the league to Man City. This is a special team. This is a team that going forward, you know, you can't say you're going to win it every year, but they'll come very, very close to winning this trophy and the big one, the big um, European one as well. But this is a really, really special team. You know, this is a team that nobody enjoys playing against. You know, if you're playing against them, you have to be prepared to go to war with them. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear his punditry once again this season. Although, I may have to start a tally chart for how many times he's critical of Paul Pogba. (laughs) 
And that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening as always. Make sure you're following us on social media for more content around this episode and the latest news in the world of football management. We're at Got the Boot Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can send us an email with any suggestions you have for the managers we should be covering next. Send a message to Got the Boot Podcast at gmail.com. Oh,